roll it. What do you guys know about home automation in general? My idea and thoughts about home automation is stuck in like 1997. So I know they work out too well for that smart house movie on Disney Channel. Hello world, welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, the home of church, technology, and all things geek. With your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider. Phil, who is sponsoring us this week? Do you like to laugh? Of course you do, because you're listening to this podcast, right? We have some laughs for you. <laughs> you find those laughs at Church Memes. That's churchmem.es. Church Memes is um, a heretofore um, defunct website that we ran in the year 2015 and has now been resurrected um, to provide you with the holy laughter that you so richly deserve. So be blessed and be uproarious. Thank you, Phil. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye along here with Jeremy Smith and Phil Snyder. Guys, you know, uh, I, I was just thinking about last week's podcast and having Chad on last week and how cool it was. I love what they're doing. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to it, listen to the last episode. It, it was great. It was an excellent guest. Jeremy usually brings some really good guests. This one... Even though I have pretty high expectations with the guests that Jeremy brings on, uh, like the Christian nerd, um, and even further back than that, this guy, man, Chris was excellent. The mission that they're doing, I was blown away. I was legitimately excited when he was on, like listening to him talk about it. I got excited when I was editing it. I got excited. It was exciting, Jeremy. Good. I got a couple more coming our way, too. What? Epic, 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 epic. All right. Well, we're just uh, chilling out here, hanging out, having a good time. Uh, before the uh, before we started recording today, I did the usual classic Slack a few hours before and said, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? Because clearly I don't bring any ideas to this podcast. Um, and Jeremy said... That is our MO. <laughs> Jeremy said something about home automation or something. And I'm like, snore, boring, whatever. And then... <laughs> sorry, Jeremy, that's what I thought. It's a terrible, bad attitude. I know, I'm sorry. Um Sorry, not sorry. And you you said something about that you had like an Echo Google Home kind of device. I remember seeing that on Instagram or Facebook or some social media that you're on, not Twitter. And I thought, oh, that is really cool. Let's talk about that. So yeah, Jeremy, let's let's talk about that. You got a new toy thingy? A new toy. Well, first of all, let me ask before we get too deep into it. What do you guys know about home automation in general? I know it didn't work out too well for that smart house movie on Disney Channel. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> the, the most I know about about home automation is like, uh, other than setting your thermostat to automatically go, but even things like lighting and you know maybe draw your bath before you get home. Yeah, it, um, my my idea and thoughts about like the wired home or home automation is stuck in like 1997. So okay. I apologize. <laughs> what well, what happened and what was available in 1997 that you would know, dude? I remember. I was in Colorado Springs at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing on the news, I think it was like Channel 9. You know Channel 9. Um, Channel they, 9, obviously. Everybody yeah, knows KUSA. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, true story. And they had a new special about the first smart home. or They might not even called it the smart home. It might have even been before the smart things that they called smart. And it, the whole thing was, was automated where you would... I think you called it on the phone. You didn't even use your smartphone or you maybe did it from your computer. It's basically the whole, the whole gist was, Hey, I'm leaving. Maybe that's what it was. You call from your cell phone 
uh, in your car and basically tell your home that you're going to be home in 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever. And when you got home, like your lights would be on, the temperature would be good, the fireplace would be lit, a bath would be drawn, like, you know, the coffee maker kicked on. I don't know, just like all these kind of nutty-ish things. The music was on, you know, kind of a thing. And it was like, ooh, the future. This is the Jetsons, but really not the Jetsons because we don't have Rosie. Until we have Rosie, the Jetsons is alive. Hey, question. So on that system, when you called your home and told them to do something, how freaked out would you be if your home didn't answer and you got call waiting? You're like, who else is he calling? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I see what you did there. Call waiting. <laughs> the computer's like, has caller ID. Mm, yeah. Not this time, bucko. You have reached the voicemail of your smart home. <laughs> We're either not at home or screening our calls right now. I don't know how to tell you this, Bob, but your home has become self aware he wants you to start cleaning up after yourself he does not like how you've decorated it so jeremy tell us what real home automation is and not some 1998 jetsons fantasy well i think what you said as far as that's concerned actually happens now in fact it's available it was available um, back when i was in high school so 15 years ago it was a commercial product for business organizations so it wasn't necessarily made for home automation but if churches wanted to get something like that and they were able to pay a pretty penny for basically kind of showing off what their church could do technology wise, they could do that. Um, but all those things you said are true. So I would say that most of the stuff available out there is possible. I think the thing that is desperately missing right now is the fact that it's not all in one big platform that can be used, um, pretty economically for all the different stuff. Like if you wanted there's a there's a commercial product out there um, where you can have your um, movie theater screen come down because everybody has a movie theater screen in their in their building, right? Um, or automatically turns on your computer. Like literally, all you have to do is hit theater, and it automatically turns on your TV, lowers the lights, turns on the stereo system, and play and brings up Netflix. And then you hit play on which movie you want to watch, and it automatically goes and if you really want to get crazy and fancy with it you can stop start the popcorn machine and um make sure that your coffee's brewed or whatever it is so there's a lot of fun stuff that you can do as far as like pressing buttons it's always been there but the thing that i got recently that just is it's for me making kind of my what could happen next kind of fun stuff happen was i got the link 10 which is uh um, basically a version of Google Home, but done by a different company that has adopted the Google Assistant into their software. Um, and so it's a Google Home with three specific features. First of all, it's mobile, so you can carry it around the house with you. It's bad, uh, power operated. Um, you can plug it into the wall, but it's batteries. Um, it's waterproof, so you can take it outside um, playing your podcast or something else. And so if it rains a little bit or if it was dewy, you're not going to ruin your um, thing. Um, you could have it by the pool, and if it accidentally falls in, you're okay. And then it has better speakers than um, the Google Home, Alexa, or um, I guess we don't know what Apple's system has that they were coming out with that they announced, but it's supposed to be the best speakers out there as far as a home assistant um, that can use some of these main things. So it's really cool. So, you know, it seems like a lot of times with, with tech, the first, second, or third generation is is still pretty much kind of, ooh, ah. I mean, there was a time where we had talking cars, you know, but nobody has a talking car today in that sense, right? Um, not not how we envisioned. So 
it's interesting to see technology early on because it, it never really seems to be that in the end. Um, because we're, we're trying to figure it out. We're poking at it. We're prodding it. We're, we're trying things and, and kind of throwing stuff at it until it sticks. To me personally, it feels like some of, some of the Alexia and Google Home and stuff like that feels a little bit like that's what it is still. We're just kind of throwing stuff at it, seeing what's you know what's what's going to stick. Because as cool as it might be to say theater and have it do all those things, nobody, nobody has a theater you now. Know, so why you're though? making a solution for something nobody had a question for. So here's here's my first use of the. Google home aspect of it. Sure. I could ask the weather and something like that, but I have a Chromecast downstairs. I have a Chromecast in my basement. I have one in your head. We get it. Yeah. It's all over the place. And (laughs) so I was sitting there and we were going to have a party at our house because it was my, my boy's oldest birthday. And we were just kind of hanging out and I wanted to show it off. And so I was about ready to say, Hey, go ahead and turn the TV on. And what you have to say is, um, hey, Google, and I'm going to not re- talk anything more because it literally set off my phone. I'm sure people that are listening to this. Okay, enough time. So what, goodbye. And then I would say, play my children's show on YouTube TV on the living room TV. And it automatically played it. And so you can pause it. You can um, uh, stop it, which, again, all this functionality has kind of been there. I had an Xbox. I had the Connect system. And we could do all this, but it was only for the Xbox, whereas this system is Google Assistant. So you can kind of throw it anywhere you want wherever you put a Chromecast device or any other kind of device that works with it. And so it's really cool that it has a little bit of automation and then you connect your Hue lights to it. You connect your internet things where you make a, if this and that command that actually controls it. Um, if you watch a lot of different people online, there's uh, one demonstration that I got to see that someone had shared with me. Um, there's a website called uh, Rooster Teeth. And the guy that was doing this vlog series um, had done a vlog where he showed off his home automation where he wakes up in the morning and he says, okay, computer, because that's his trigger word for it. And he says, good morning. And when he says, good morning, it opens all his window blinds. It gets the coffee going. It turns the lights on in his room and it says what his calendar is for today. And then when he goes downstairs, he's doing stuff and whenever, and so there's just all these little commands that he has it going for himself while he's, while he's uh, operating his day that he's set for himself. So um, that's all really cool. Like I I totally get it. I totally get it. Like that's really nifty. And if I had, um, I don't know if I had the expendable income to do that, that would be an interesting thing to do. Right. But my curiosity is what the ROI on it is like, I'm curious to, to, I mean, you have it. I, I does not surprise me. I think it's awesome. You have one. I mean, this isn't like, I'm not, this isn't negative pushback. This is a legitimate. What's the ROI on this? Which also, let me be clear. My wife is the one that picked these out. It wasn't me. So just so we're. Oh, okay. Um, you hear that everyone? If you listen really closely, you can hear Jeremy's wife under the bus. No, no. That, I mean, it was, a. It was me saying, no, we don't need this. And then she's like, well, this will be a Valentine's gift for us. I'm the tech person, not her. What is she doing? She's out teching. <laughs> That's she's hilarious. She's the tech. You're the tech person. She's like, yeah, oh, let's right. get it. I'm also the stingy one, so I guess that goes against my own sake. But I am the cheap one, and yet we still got it because it was 100 bucks. It's certainly, with, certainly within affordability. So, I mean, the ROI, I, unless you have some amazing overarching pushback or ROI answer. I guess, I guess the ROI would be the literal time saved over the course of a year. 
right? So if t- if it takes you five minutes to open your blind, start your coffee pot, and whatever else he had wired up to it, for instance, right? Five minutes a day, you know that adds up. You know you've you've gained you've gained some hours uh, over the course of the year. So I. You know, perhaps that would be the ROI uh, on all of that. You know, you don't have to find a remote, stuff like that. I I suppose similar questions would have been asked at one time. You know, why do we need a remote control for a television when the knobs are right there on the device? All you have to do is get up and turn them, right? Yet everything has a remote. Like everything has a remote. Things that didn't need a remote. Oh, hey, remember guys? Car stereos had remotes. Why? I, you know, I mean, I know why. If you had maybe a van, maybe, maybe. But seriously, a wireless remote for your car stereo, you're in a car, right? There's there's a huge limitation to how far you are away from the head unit, yet we had remote controls. So I feel like I'm asking that old man question. I don't know. What, what do you think, Phil? I, mean, I, I think, to me, the, how often is this going to be a help versus like mm-hmm. a, a hindrance? You know what I'm saying? Like, like for me, like a lot of my automation stuff or uh, like my virtual assistants mm-hmm. are almost always a pain well, in the and, You know, maybe that comes with time, right? It's early tech. Because it sounds like yours does pretty good there, Jeremy. Yeah, I would say for the simple aspect of what we do, I mean, like, Phil, you literally have a crying baby in your vicinity right now. While I'm feeding my daughter, I could pull out my phone, pull up YouTube, try to cast it to the TV, all while my silly one-year-old, who now knows that she has arms and legs, is trying literally to kick the phone out of my hand. I'm holding one hand on the bottle. The other hand is right by her hand. And so she's trying to mess with it because, ooh, pretty shiny thing, and she wants to touch it. As opposed to, I just leave it in my pocket and just simply ask um, Google or whoever it is to throw that up on the TV, and I can enjoy five, ten minutes of a video while I'm feeding my daughter. Um, It's just one of those things where it it would be less of a process and it's a little mm-hmm. bit easier with that. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like maybe, um, while it doesn't feel like there's a heavy ROI at this point, that this is the future. Like this, this is the direction we're going kind of like everything eventually goes wireless. You know, everything eventually does this or does that. Everything eventually becomes portable. You know, I'm sure people wondered, you know, why would you need to have a, a pocket calculator? You know, why would you need a watch calculator now? Like, you know, your your coffee pot has a calculator. Everything has a calculator. Remember for a while, like, everything, they put a calculator on it. Why? Because they could. Or a clock. Everything had a clock. Things that didn't need a clock had a clock. Why? Because they could. And I, I feel like that's kind of um, where we're headed with this. You know, it's not something that has a huge ROI per se, but it is the direction that we're going with, with user interfaces. It's kind of like with touchscreens. People say, you know, I have to have a keyboard. I'm a kind of person that I need to feel the keyboard. But as I watch my kids use a tablet and type as fast as I do with a keyboard on a touchscreen, I am faced with the reality that these things are changing and evolving quite quickly. And it isn't necessarily the, is this better, should we do it? As much as this is just the direction we're going, and and voice voice command voice control seems to be where we're headed. Well, I will also say that I think that um, automation doesn't necessarily even have to be an active aspect, though it can be. I think it's going to need to be at some capacity. If you really think about like Star Trek or something, there there is an active component to it, right? Um, maybe some point we'll get to a place where we can just simply ask um, Google to make us lunch. Um, we'll make it yeah, I, I saw a thing online. Maybe it was Reddit. They had, oh, what was it? Dang it. I forget it was Amazon or if it was 
Microsoft, I forget who it was, but they basically wanted to see if they could get their their automated bot to have a conversation, like small talk conversation with a human being for 30 minutes. And if memory serves me right, it either did it did 30 lasted 30 minutes or it ended up going 45 minutes. It was able to have a small talk conversation with another human. Like you know, you it asked you a question and you would you would talk back and forth. It was small talk, just like you would do, you know, casually with somebody before or after church. You know, you have a small window of time to talk to somebody, you kinda of shoot the breeze. Um and they were able to do that with with um with AI, right? And what I found interesting about that is how that connected with last week's episode with him talking about their Valentine's analytics where they found that people are very lonely and i thought oh my gosh here we have a world that is so isolated everyone is so lonely and now we're gonna have technology to help meet that self uh created need of being lonely like you could have small talk with ai i don't know a little, little off topic but interesting but, well, but, okay i've not watched the movie her but doesn't that just really intensify the loneliness that we have to you know, we are we have to create some sort of subordinate and weaker thing in order to find ourselves. That, that feels like a, a wormhole that we'd fall into in order to find ourselves climbing out of again. And I think, and, and I think too, I feel like I feel like one out of every four innovations goes nowhere. You know, and like like Google, like Google Glass went nowhere, and maybe now, maybe the next year or two, we'll see it resurge in some sort of newer form that makes a little more sense. But I feel like every every other major innovation, everyone's like, "Oh, this is the next new thing." We every, we need to we need to learn this, and churches should be look figuring this out because you're right, Eric. There's times like you know keyboards, keyboards are going to go are going away slowly. You know that's going to happen. But you know some things like we are so quick to try and learn the new thing that we forget the fact that you know most new things are not most new things, but many new things die. I agree. And, and I think that there, I mean, there's people out there that test those things and I love them for that. But then there's people out there that would also push that maybe you as a church need to be doing this yourself. I have a bit of an issue with that because um, I think that a lot of churches don't know what they want at this point. The home automation for a church, I think starts with security. It, it goes into um, the internet. And then I think it goes from there. I mean, one thing that I can think of as far as automation in general is like the Wi-Fi stuff right now you have a router and it gives you an internet signal as long as you have a password, unless you don't, you're silly and you don't put a password on your Wi-Fi. Never do that, ever, ever. But um, I know that some of the newer versions that do mesh networking out there have some great options for people that want to do um, more dynamic internet for their company, for their ministry. And so I know Google, this is a this is not a company solution, um, it is an individual solution, but I have uh, Google's, I'm all in with Google stuff, but I have Google's um, Wi-Fi. And with it, I can, I literally did this um, right after my um, children's birthday party. We had a babysitter and they said, hey, what's your Wi-Fi password? And I'll set it up. I literally said, well, what, what do you want the webs, the password to be? Pulled my phone up, set the password for the guest. And then two seconds later, they had their um, Wi-Fi set up as a guest password and you can automate it so that certain people's phones lose Wi-Fi access at a certain time. So you could set it up for your church where everybody that's in attendance for your church can just have access to the internet. Maybe you make it the title of the sermon as the password. And then at the end of the set, at the end of the, um, the service, 
the Wi-Fi kicks off. And so then everybody would just have to leave. It's not like you're going to have someone hanging out in your church's parking lot using your Wi-Fi Saturday to Sunday. I feel like the first, I feel like if you had the time and money to set that up, you're smart enough to just know how to clear off your, to log into your modem settings and clear off all users. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I guess some of this, the way I see it is, you know, if you can save time here and there that, you know, w- one thing that we, we often will have a shortage of is volunteers, right? So if, if you can have something like that set up relatively easily, right? Or maybe somebody in your area is able to set it up for several churches, that could be a real benefit. You know, you were talking about the, the home end of automation, and, and I thought of a possible thing that a church tech team might be able to do, and that is set up your set up your, your light, your lighting that way. So the pastor, right, from the pulpit could be like, you know, you, you set up a custom name. So you could, what well, if you did like church tech team, right? Church tech team, dim the lights. And then it would like, that would be, that'd be like pretty cool, right? Then you wouldn't need to have somebody having to run around hitting all the lights or coordinating it with ushers. I mean, and it isn't that, it isn't like we're trying to be high tech or trying to be this or trying to be that, but it, it is curious to think about as, as far as, as far as being efficient with, within the church and our volunteers, you know, maybe if it's one less person to worry about manning the lights would be one more person that you could help people find a seat or, or, uh, be, be friendly to new guests or, or whatever. So, you know, it's saying, saying no to one thing so you can say yes to another, right? Or, you know, if this is the way of the future, which clearly it is, you know, it's just part of the natural evolution of things. And the church so often we're in the back seat or further back with all this stuff. So it's kind of nice to see that, you know, if we have people in the church that are into this thing, who are into setting up maybe some church home automation, if you have somebody in your church interested in, in doing that and, and you have the funds or you're able to, to pull it off, you know, why not to say it's the next best thing and you need to do it and everybody jump on board kind of hive mentality? No, please don't. So, okay, we've thought, we've said before how not every church needs to be streaming, right? So, right, exactly. Okay, so I, th- I feel like though we're talking on both sides of our mouth, though. If we're, if we're mentioning this as a possible scenario, I feel like but it is a. Po- I think it is a possible scenario. You know, I mean, to to, to me, it, it goes it goes like to me, it's like body to body. You know, it, well, it just absolutely. Depends, you know, I think I think that there's a difference. I think that um, live streaming is probably a one percent mentality. I think that home automation is something that will eventually come. I think there will be. Personally, I think it'll be as commonplace as smartphones at some point. And like, if you didn't have it, you would be considered kind of in the dark ages. Each, I think individuals and businesses will treat it a lot differently. And so I think ministries will probably fall somewhere in that spectrum of things. Um, but I think right now the cost is probably too prohibitive. The security is totally ineffective. Um, and at some point, we really have to have kind of a cohesion. It can't be just everybody throws something at the wall. And like you had said, Phil, one for things works. It needs to be something where everything you're putting out works. It's just a matter of will people adopt it or not. And I think that's pretty yeah. And, and even if you had somebody within your church that had this interest and wanted to do it and was really gun ho and, and that sort of thing, I, I wouldn't recommend somebody throwing a lot of money at it either because it's going to be outdated so quickly. Well, exactly. You know? I, I feel, but, but also too, okay. The, I mentioned this before. I'll say this again. This is where we, as the purveyors of this podcast, have to have to speak with wisdom. There are some people out there 
who will hear us say something about this and think, oh, that's the next new thing. If I'm going to be cutting edge, I got to get that. That's why I'm, I'm in the, I know, but. Nope, we're not saying that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Phil. This is not, this is not the cutting edge thing. This is not the latest thing. I think it will eventually be the next big thing. I don't know when, and I don't think it's there just yet. And we're not required to, to do that. What we, bleeding edge is not the goal. Well, my, my goal is for us not to be so far in the dust, so backwards, so not being efficient and, and, and just really thinking through, you know, what, what is the best for the church family? You know, that, that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm not, I'm not all one way or all the other. I'm, I'm really interested in the balance. It's kind of like the VR thing. Um, if you have, if you, let's say you've got some, some people in your church that are super into creating VR experiences and they were like, we want to do this VR stream thing for your, the church. You know, if it's not going to cost the church anything, like go for it, man. But is it the next bet? Is it the next thing? No, it's not. So, okay. Let me throw out one thing I think we can use to kind of wrap this up then. Okay. It, it's like, you said we're not the bleeding edge, you know, the bleeding edge bleeds. <laughs> you know, it suffers. It dies a little bit. And there's a cost of a sacrifice to being an innovator to uh, to moving forward. There's a cost to that. And not every church is equipped to pay that cost. So why would you why would you needlessly throw yourself in that boat? You know, before before we started seeing churches getting um home automation stuff, let's see um I like to see some churches get better mixing their sound so they're doesn't sound like a hot dog turd, you know? I like to see churches get get better at their like their on screen graphics or their social media, you know. Stop retweeting the GOP from your social media, your church social media account, you know? Get figure out figure out your crap in every other area and then go buy an Alexa or whatever Jeremy buys. <laughs> I would say this that um I don't want it to be innovation for innovation's He's sake. Push your back in my pushback. Look at this guy. Yeah. I know, right? Um, so I would agree with that, um, especially with budgets being tight. And I think right now we're in, in at least in America, we're in an economic upturn. But that's going to probably not last long if the economy does as the economy does. And so pretty soon we're going to be a little bit more of a hardship um, financially. And so we'll have to penny pinch again. Um, but I do uh, the, think that the economy, the economy is down. Like giving is down. Na- uh, na- church giving is down nationally. I think that um, at some point, the automation is going to become something that it's more financially reasonable to do that. So, if you're a church that needs to be focusing elsewhere because what you're doing is just not effective, that's okay because the market will take care of itself. I think it's almost a probably Amazon will be the one that wins all of these um, wars, but um, it'll be an Amazon situation where it's just cheaper to do it as opposed to not do it. And so it'll become something that is eventually there. We just kind of have to wait for it to happen. You know, I think my final takeaway is something that we've talked about before, and that is what is the goal? What are you trying to accomplish? And does it get you to that goal? Yes or no? Um, and that really should be the catalyst for all that you're doing. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag Online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message and be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag Podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. 
We don't do that for just anyone. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. 